Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Full many a glorious morning have I seen flatter the mountain tops with sovereign eye, kissing with golden face the meadows green, gilding pale streams with heavenly alchemy. Welcome to Copon Podcast, you fruity little mother. This is an absolute Copon special. It's going to be a little bit shorter than usual, simply because the Nations League final is kicking off in 39 minutes from now. But I'm delighted in the interim to be joined by Dave from Dave's LFC Chats. Do check out Dave's LFC Chats on YouTube, brilliant stuff, and on Twitter. Um, Dave, welcome. Welcome to this very special episode. Oh, it's great to be back, Owen. It's been a while. I've been a while. Um, I used to do a few of them back in the day, as they say, back in the yonder day before a recording was even invented. But um, it's great to be on, <laughs> and we have a lot to talk about, my friend. We do indeed. It's a welcome back. Lovely to hear your voice. Um this is a Jurgen Klopp and Mo Salah special. I got so excited because they both passed milestones, of course, recently um, for Liverpool. And I got so excited. I've actually got 14 pages of notes and questions. So we will just go as far as we can. I started with Sonnet 33 from the bard himself, Billy Shakespeare. And it's one of my favourite, uh, you know, openings to any poem ever. And, you know, the, the full many a glorious morning have we seen following Liverpool. And it, a lot of it is down to, when you think about it, Mo Salah and his wonderful goals. And a lot of it, in fact, probably most of it, if we're honest with, with ourselves, is Jurgen Klopp. Now, he's just passed six years as our, <clears throat> excuse me, as our boss, the boss of our club. And I want to start this little retrospective, looking back at, you know, he, he, all of the feelings, all of the emotions, um, the joyful, brilliant ride, this wondrous gilded sled that we've been sort of sliding on. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's been such fun. Um, so on, May the 28th, 2014, Brendan Rodgers signed a new deal. So this was on the back of us finishing second, just two points behind Manchester City. And everyone was really optimistic. Everyone was optimistic about Brendan Rodgers. He just finished second just before we lost Suarez on May the 28th, 2014, Brenda Rogers signed a new deal. I remember playing video games around then, playing some FIFA, and they said um, that, uh, you know, the, the automatic commentary on the computer was like, oh, he's such a good fit for Liverpool, Brendan Rogers. Well, of course, if you skip forward one year uh, to one year minus four days, um, the writing was on the wall for Brendan Rodgers because we had won just once in, in seven matches. And the last one was when we went to Stoke. I mean, in that run of 
just one win in seven matches. We we'd we'd been defeated by by Villa in the FA Cup semi final, by Hull City away, and Crystal Palace at Anfield three one, and then we travelled to Stoke for Steven Gerrard's final game. Of course, we got hammered six one, but the club stuck with Brendan for that summer in which he signed 14 players, including Benteke, Firmino, Klein, Gomez, Ings, Milner, Origi. And uh, Firmino, I wrote him twice. He's that good. Um, Douglas is with us. Doug from the Dugout uh, Football Channel. Um, welcome, Doug. You've just jumped into the chat here. It's really good. Doug, I want to take you back to when Brendan Rogers was given that extra summer. Did you think that that was the right move at the time? Do you remember how you felt? Well, good evening. Uh, it's it's an absolute pleasure to be on, um, obviously talking about this very, very special episode. Um, yeah, I, I remember that summer very, very well. Um, you know, it started really, really well. Uh, you know, to be, to be uh, you know, to be Stoke, it was nice to get, you know, revenge on that. But you always felt that if we didn't start very well, I think there was always going to be that possibility that Rogers was going to be moved on. Um, look, I think he was unlucky to be moved on, um, you know, in, in the way that, you know, the, the Merseyside derby, you know, we drew, we drew one moment with Everton. And, you know, I think, I think had we won that game, I think maybe it might have been different, but obviously the reports came out saying that that was going to be his, you know, his, his, his last game and there's going to be a, a statement. Um, yeah, I, I I still say it to this day. I still think the club were wrong to give Rogers a new contract. Um, as you said, the rhyme was on the wall. You know, the three one at home to Crystal Palace, six one again. So I was quite surprised he wasn't actually given his marching orders after the Stoke game. If I'm being totally honest with you. Um, yeah, I'm, I think lots of. Sorry, I think lots of fans agreed with you or would have agreed with you at the time. I was up for giving him one more season because um you know at least a chance to start the season to have a, to have another transfer window he got the one previously the summer previously so badly wrong with Balotelli etc etc but um you know he brought in 14 players that summer Dave and that you know as I said included Benteke, Firmino, Klein, Gomez, Ings, Milner but then you had uh, you know Origi as well but you also had a number of promising prospects coming you know to the club like Luis Alberto who never hit it off with us but he had a, he's had a great career in Spain so far but Dave how did you feel about Brendan Rodgers because going into that season there just seemed to be this this you know after the Stoke City result this real like down feeling about the club with Stevie G having left us and you know the, do you remember how you felt back then Dave? Yeah I remember that result well especially as it was Stevie G's last game Um, that was an absolute hammer and I think it was 6-1 but it could have been about 10 when we were that bad on the day what a bad send-off for Stevie G who of course is is a legend um of the club and possibly possibly could end up a manager one day at the club so um, yeah it, look I, I actually think that summer they would have got rid of him. I think because of the Stoke result, we, we hadn't fulfilled. We sort of went backwards from the season before where we came close against City, as you said. We didn't do that we didn't do it the second the second season with him. That that lost to Villa as well. I think it was in the um the semis of the FA Cup. I mean, that was very disappointing that game. Benteke scored against us. I just think the right was on the wall. We played some lovely football, to be fair, under Brendan Rodgers. Some really attacking stuff, of course, with, with Suarez and stuff like that there, and uh, Sterling and uh, Sturridge. But 
just wasn't there. I think a lot of it basically came down to the availability of Klopp. You know, it, it really came. There was a chance. There was an outside chance of Klopp coming in. I think. I think the owners just took it. I'm now moving ahead of myself here, but I think a lot of it into the early part of that season was the fact that Klopp became available and he had to act literally that quick. If there was any doubts in the owners' minds, they had to act and say, "Listen, Klopp's available. Let's do this." And I think he's a bit unlucky, I suppose. And to be fair, to go, but uh, once Klopp was available, the right was on the wall for me. Yeah, you could well be right indeed. Uh, so the next season, it started with two narrow wins over Stoke City, 1-0 away. You know, we played them in the, exactly the same fixture, the first game of the 15-16 season, which is quite quite amazing. Uh, so we managed to win that one, 1-0 away, and then we beat Bournemouth, 1-0 at home. But in the nine matches that followed, Liverpool only managed one league win and one win in the League Cup on penalties against Carlisle United. We needed penalties. Um, so then following, as Doug mentioned before, following the 1-1 draw away to Everton, Brendan Rodgers was gone. And as Dave was saying, the, you know, like uh, the right, you know, we wanted, we wanted Klopp, you know, it, and him actually arriving and walking through that door. What do you remember of that? You know, what, what are the first memories that stick, stick in, you know, in your mind or that you can bring out of your mind even to talk about, Doug, when you think about Klopp's very first day at the club? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think I think it was, I think it was like, obviously I remember watching um, Super Sunday, I think, um, I think Arsenal had just beaten United, I think, 3 nothing on the day. And then obviously, you know, the the um, the announcement comes that uh, obviously Brendan Rodgers has been, you know, uh, let go by uh, Liverpool. I think Jamie Carragher summed it up really good. I think um, I would want it to be Klopp. I think Klopp will be the favourite. Um, and, you know, once Klopp is available, you know, they, they manage to go out and, uh, and get him. But yeah, his, his first day, his first day, like obviously his first pre- his press conference, um like we need to need to be from the doubters to believers. I think that was that was one of the, that was one of the many good things that he said. Um, I'm the normal one. I seem to remember that one as well. Um, and and obviously you know that that's now printed on like t-shirts, merchandise, and you know cups, etc. Um, and he actually said, "I hope we can win a league title in uh, in my in the first four years." And you know what? He's managed to he managed to do that in what four or five. So you know it's been fantastic, and you actually think you actually think about it like Klopp made the the fans believe uh, believe again. Um, and in fact, if you actually look at the the actual starting lineup of his first Liverpool squad, only two players from that day actually remain, and that is um, that is uh, I think it's Roberto Firmino, Divo Corrigi, and uh, James Milner. Yeah, absolutely. I've got that. I've got that lineup in front of me. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. His his first match. It's it, um, Firmino didn't start that one actually, but uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, Dave, I just want to. I just want to ask you for your for your feelings, for your emotions, seeing Jurgen walking through that door with with his big smile and his you know suit jacket that he never looked comfortable in. Um, what did you you know what what uh, you know? Can you unstick? from your mind and put into uh, words for us? Well, it was peculiar for me because my mother was um, had had cancer and she only had weeks to live. Literally when Klopp came in, my mum passed away on October the 20th. Literally 
what, oh, 10, I'm 11 so days sorry. after Klopp. Wow. Yeah, so she was sick. And um, we were in, in and out of hospital and, you know, checking on her in the house and stuff like that. When Klopp came in, literally Klopp came in. So my, my mind was sort of elsewhere, even though, obviously, I was keeping an eye on Klopp coming in. I was delighted to see it happen. So it was a bit of a surreal one for me that that two, three weeks when Klopp came in at first. And, you know, obviously, my mum passed away then on October the 20th. And it was just, you know, obviously, but Klopp coming in, listen, look at the job that guy has done. Six years in the job. He's literally turned us upside down. He is the closest to Shankly that we've had in the modern era, um, it has to be said. I did a video chat with Peter Hooten from The Farm about two weeks ago, and he wrote a book on Shankly, and he's involved with the spirit of Shankly and stuff like that. And he was telling me that he is the closest by far. The man, he's, a, he's a man manager. He's a people's manager, like Shankly was. He literally... Puts his arm around the players. We all know about the famous club hug and stuff like that. But this guy is the embodiment, the the doppelganger, the, literally the man. This is Shankly. This is basically Shankly, a German Shankly, let's say. But uh, this guy is just unbelievable. What has he got? Three years left on his contract, 2024. Let's hope he can extend. Imagine he extends to 26 or something like that. Um, That's what everybody wants. But uh, he literally has torn this club inside out we're, we're you know from doubters to believers whatever you want to say i'll always remember the press conference as well we all know what what he said and he's more or less done everything he said he would do he's like the ron c lad did exactly as you see on the tin he's done absolutely <laughs> brilliant and he literally look i mean you know he's a legend already even if he was to walk out tomorrow i mean we've won the premier league after 30 years it's a club world cup we've never won before we won that super cup and then of course the number six champions league we're in the champions league final as well and the europa league final we lost the league cup final he had to break the ceiling it took him about two years to bring in the players that he wanted and he needed you know to put stamp his authority on the about 18 months to two years to stamp his authority his gang pressing his uh you know rock and roll or heavy metal football whatever you want to call it but my god this guy has been an absolute whirlwind of joy and i'm absolutely it's an absolute pleasure just just even watching him in interviews i could listen to this guy talk all day what a manager guys what a manager yeah that's beautifully well said and uh you know all of our condolences day for the horrible stuff you went through at that time and uh you know it's um something that Jürgen's always going on about is what you know football's place in life is that it's uh, you know something that does bring joy to many especially when you know when the chips are down it's um you know but uh, yeah Klopp coming into the to the club did did give us you know from day one enthusiasm you know a new energy you you could see it from day one you could see it from the first match and that first match we played um, and many of you would have would have seen this lineup recently, or you know, over the last couple of years, because it's been doing the rounds on social media. Because people are like, "Really, have Liverpool come that far in that that short amount of time?" But that our lineup that day was uh, Simon Mignolet in goal, uh, Moreno, Sacco, Skirtel, and Klein at the back. That was that was Jurgen Klopp's first back five, and then in front of them two defensive midfielders because he played the sort of Dortmund 4-2-3-1. He had Emre Chan and Lucas Lever. And then the three in front of them was were Felipe Coutinho on the left, Lalana in the middle, and James Milner on the right. And up front, on his own, was Divock Origi. Um, so, yeah, just two, two people survived 
from that team. But what really, really astounds me about that, and, and when you think about how far we've come, I mean, you know, think about the lineup in our last match against City. I mean, you're all through the team, we have world-class players, basically. Um, but what really astounds me about the, the opening lineup for Klopp against Tottenham, it was a nil-nil draw. We had 22 shots. They had 13. The, the bench that day was Colo Torre, Joe Allen, Jordan Ibe or Ibe, Adam Bogdan, Jerome Sinclair, Joa Teixeira, and Connor Randall. And he's gone from that to the bench in our latest game, just looking at the substitutes against uh, Manchester City. They were Ibrahima Konati, Nabi Keita, Firmino, Joe Gomez, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Takumi Minamino, Tsimikas, Kelleher, and Nico Williams. And to say it's chalk and cheese is too much of an understatement. This is some kind of, you know, mystical shade of the colour blue versus a very concrete uh, slab of concrete. In terms of opposites, this cannot be more opposite. This is an idea versus a um, a white painted um, plant pot. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the most opposite things I can. Yeah, it's a revolution, my friend. A revolution. It's a, it's a revolution. Um, and, and so we drew nil-nil with Tottenham, but you could see immediately the impact. We don't need to talk about it, but the, the energy, the impact, that kind of thing. But it was actually, so we're going to look at Jurgen Klopp's main games as we go through this now. So um, Liverpool's Liverpool started, let me just bring this up here. So nil-nil with Tottenham, 1-1 with Rubin Kazan in the Europa League, and then a 1-1 draw at Anfield against Southampton. Then Klopp gets his first win up on the 28th of October against Bournemouth, 1-0. Then we go away to Chelsea in the Premier League on the 31st of October, Halloween, and we beat Chelsea 3-1. Then in the Europa League, we beat Rubin Kazan, 1-0 away. And then we came back having drawn 3-1-3. Everybody's thinking, wow, this is good fun. But then Crystal Palace come to Anfield. And this I want to talk about this game because this is, we end up losing the game 2-1. And this is the moment where you can look back and things can be exaggerated in your mind because things get exaggerated on the actual day itself. What Klopp said about the, the, the crowd actually leaving was, we have to learn. And he was talking about the team. He wasn't talking about the crowd. He, he said, if we learn, if the team learns, then we decide how strong we are, how good we are, how awake we are, and how tired we are. Nobody else. We played on Thursday at Ruben Kazan in the Europa League, but I decide if I am tired. Nobody else. Today, we needed a few minutes to come into the game, and it was not enough. If anyone thinks we gave everything then it is wrong. So he was clearly really angry. And Jürgen continued. He said, after the goal on 82 minutes with 12 minutes to go, to go, I saw many people leaving the stadium. 
I felt pretty alone at this moment. We decide when it's over. Between 82 and 94 minutes, you can make eight goals if you like. Big decisions are made in moments when you are tired. Tonight, it feels so bad because it was absolutely not necessary. So this has been interpreted as Klopp having a go at the crowd. But if we compare the sort of hopelessness, the lack of hope that came from the end of Brendan Rodgers' reign, having you know failed so badly after doing so well to finish two points behind Man City. And if you take that game, you know, that feeling that fans think, well, there is 82 minutes, Scott Dan scored to make it 2-1, I'm going to leave. You just don't see it anymore, Doug. You don't see it anymore because the fans took that as an insult. Like, we're going to stay with this team. And for me, I don't know if you agree with me, Doug, that was a huge turning point in the mentality of the whole club. Klopp was there calling out the team, saying, we need to try harder. We need to decide when we're tired or not. And the fans stuck with the team from that very day. I thought, I think that match and the reaction to that match was huge. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, funny, funny you mentioned the Chelsea game. I actually remember um, being in a, in a pub in Edinburgh, actually watching that. And um, I think I think that was um, that was Henderson's um, long range um, uh, long long range strike at uh, Curler, yeah, to the top corner. Yeah. Yes, it was. I remember I remember it very well because obviously I was I was on a I was on a night out in Edinburgh that day and uh, they had it on in the uh, in the pub and like when that goal went in like you you could actually just hear like a, just a, a silence like uh, like definite because um, like obviously like you know. Um, there, there, there was obviously going to be like a lot of you know people in the, in there. But uh, I was watching that game, and you just you just get the sense that that game. Yes, I know we won two one, and it was a very very good. It's a very very good victory. Um, that Crystal Palace game, yes, that was a big big turning point. I could also say that the four one game at Wembley is another turning point because that. Kind, I think that game. If you actually look at it, Sorry, I think at, that game at, at Wembley, Duck. Which one? Oh, at the the, the, had? the four, the four one, the four one game uh, where we lost four one against Tottenham. It was when um, Klopp put, uh, took Lovren off after I think thirty two minutes. Oh, I see. Yes, okay, yeah. Sorry, carry on. I was just, <laughs> I was a bit lost. There. Carry on. No, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I, I think, I think that that was another turning point because that was when he was like. We go out and get Virgil Van Dyke. Then um, I think he had made the decision already because if you look, if you look at that day, like Lovren had an absolute shocker, um, and there has been a few games you would have to say that yes, we've probably like the Champions League final. Like he goes out and gets, he goes out and gets Allison. You know, he had to get Allison. We had we, you know, Carius, fair, you know, fair play to him, you know. Yes, he looks like someone out of you know Baywatch and you know all, all this, but he needed a goalkeeper. He goes out and get Allison. He goes out and gets Van Dyke, and you know the rest is history, as 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 they say. Um, but yeah, I think the Crystal Palace game was a big, big turning point because I think everyone now knows not to go as early as possible. I mean, I've I've always been told if I go to a football game, I never leave early. 
Um, and it's the same it's the same with me when I go to Livingston Football Club um, home games. I always stay until the final whistle. I've never left a football game um, in like early. I've never left a football game early. Um, I've been to football games late before, but I've never left early. So I think I think that's a big big turning point is that the fans stick behind the team and don't leave until the final whistle. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's um, it's something that people don't do now, and we believe him. You know that uh, you know we can score loads of goals in twelve minutes, especially the way he he, uh, he Klopp sets out his teams. Um, Dave, the reaction to that was really good. Not only in the words he said just post match, but in the actual team because we won our next four matches, including another four one game that I thought Doug was going to allude to, which was away at the Etihad when we won four one, and that was on the twenty first of November, twenty fifteen. That was just after Klopp took over. I believe it was his, uh, I don't know, ninth, tenth, eleventh match, something like that. 12th match I can't remember which one but it was very early early on and it was Bobby Firmino's second match in the new false nine role the, the other one was our 3-1 victory against Chelsea so obviously Klopp saw what he saw and he loved Bobby there and he tried it again and we won 4-1 um, Coutinho Dave, I don't know if you remember Coutinho's performance that day. He was absolutely superb. The BBC said he uh, Coutinho was masterly as Liverpool cut City to shreds in the first 45 minutes. <laughs> Coutinho dropping deep into positions where he could not be countered and then darting into the area to get a goal and create countless problems. Uh, what do you remember that uh, about that match, Man City 1, Liverpool 4? Or if you don't remember the match specifically, then do you remember the, the feeling of that match? Yeah, it was early in Klopp's reign. I remember most Liverpool games. I would have, I would have most of them. I would have seen in the pub or at home anyway. But um, yeah, I mean Klopp. Look, look. He, obviously, he came in on October fifteen, and I think I've said it before. It took him about eighteen months to get what he wanted. He get the players in, to get the squad in, to get the the, what, the you know the way he wanted to play, to get the idea across, to get his revolution across, basically. And that was one of the games. There's a few cat catalyst games. There's been four or five catalyst games where. As Doug said, that game, that City game, you know, that that showed what the club could do against Man City with the bill, all the billions and all the oil money. But there was other games as well. Of course, there was the famous that Crystal Palace game where we lost at home again at Anfield when Benteke scored the winner, and then we went on an unbeaten run for nearly three years. And um, then you have the the Spurs game, the four one, uh, as he said at Wembley because Spurs were getting the new home ground fixed up, a lot a nightmare that day. And of course, then we went on a great run in a twenty that was twenty seven November twenty seventeen, I think it was. And I think a huge one for Liverpool was actually. The Middlesbrough game, the last game of the season, I think it was 2018 season, to get Champions League football, we had to beat Middlesbrough. And I think we beat them 4-0 or 4-1, something like that. And I know we we play Madrid in the final anyway, but mm. we had literally got our Champions League spot, so the pressure was off for the final. We ultimately lost that, but we got back into the Champions League. This club, Liverpool, and as Klopp can show, needs Champions League football. It's made for Champions League football. The squad, the club, the city, the stadium, the way the stadium is now, and of course Klopp himself 
excels in the Champions League and we did win number six eventually. Got into another final, but won number six. So there's been a lot of catalysts and a lot of, you know, big games that we've either lost or won. Sometimes losing the game, as I said, as Doug said earlier, sometimes losing games can make change happen quicker and make, you know, things you want to do that you might want to do anyway, but makes it makes it quicker. And the guys, Michael Edwards and FSG or whoever is involved, says, right, VVD comes in. Lovren was terrible. We needed the centre half. Carry us in the, in the Champions League final and, and in a few league games. I mean, he did look like something now Baywatch, to be fair, Carrius, but if I was drowning in the water, <laughs> he would not be able to save me or the goal. Let's put it that way. So I wouldn't oh, like him as a lifeguard, I'll tell you that much. Sorry, sorry, Carrius. <laughs> oh, Lord, let's, yeah, but okay. let's be real here. But, uh, okay. but see, so there's been so many like catalysts. And as I say, we got then got Allison, you know, so and then eventually we got Mo Salah, but we'll talk about him in a few minutes. But I mean, that's that's life, that's football. Things happen. It'd be like in work when things go wrong, you get in some new guy to do a job. And, you know, so that's the way it is. And as I said, Klopp took about 18 months, two years to get going. And when he got going, we got going. And what a team. Mm. And what, what we just, just, just a pleasure. And as I say, just to be enjoying it. People aren't enjoying it. And I don't know bloody why, because he won't be around forever, guys. So enjoy oh, yeah. what we've got. Just yeah. enjoy it. Well, I agree I, with you there. Yeah, sorry, Doug, go on. Yeah, yeah. Can I? Can I just? Can I just? just um, uh, yeah. Apologies, uh, Owen. Uh, we won three 0 against Middlesbrough. Um, it was uh, Van Aldem, uh Coutinho, and Lalana. I remember, remember that game very well because that day I did a sponsored walk for Scottish Autism, and got back to the got back to um, my my what well, my then girlfriend's uh, car uh, car and. Um, I remember, I remember, remember that the, obviously it was the final day of the Premier League season, and I mem- remember it so so well. I remember people were saying, "Oh, Liverpool!" I think this was when I think Arsenal were playing Everton. And memory, memory serves me correctly. This was the first season that Arsenal actually finished outside the top four under Arsene Wenger. So I remember, it, remember it well. I remember people were saying, "Oh, Arsenal have scored. This is this is a pressure on Liverpool." Um, and then, like when when we when basically someone said that Liverpool scored, I think the first goal was Van Aldem, I think the forty five plus three uh, minutes, and then you know obviously you know the, the rest is is after that. Uh, you know we 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 win we win three 0 Coutinho lovely free kick. The you know the keeper should do a lot lot better, and then obviously Lallana gets you know the the, the third one. So. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just some games after that. Like yes, you know the the, the Madrid final is one that we can just say yes. That was that was one where he's like, let's go out and get Allison because I can't I can't have Carius and goal. Um, you know you may as you may as well call him Dropius or Spilius or or, or, or something like that because he had he just had moments. He just had moments where. You just didn't, never knew what he was going to, never knew what he was going to do, and then obviously Allison comes in, and you know what, he's probably been our best goalkeeper since Pepe Reina, I would have to say, um, as well. Well, yes, it's very good, and you're both sort of skimming through the time here and skipping through uh, the years, but I'm actually, I'm going to go back. I'm not going to, I'm going to stay with this first season just simply because I've been researching it for ages. I'm just going through the memory banks, and we're going to continue this chat as we go through. I did say we'd mentioned Mo Salah as well. We haven't even got close to close to him because I do want to, I do want to stay with that because you said, Dave, as simply as it took. Uh, 
Jurgen Klopp 18 months to to get his team together and you know and I totally agree yeah of course it did but it's very I think it's very important to look back where he didn't have his team to get the performances that he got out of that team so this is a team that started that 15 16 season then with Brendan Rodgers in charge you know with you know losing to 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 pretty poor teams like I think we lost to Bordeaux in the UEFA um Europa League, excuse me, UEFA Europa League, and uh, you know we lost to some pretty. It was pretty poor. I mean, as I said before, we we lost to West Ham three nil at Anfield, for example. So to start the season mm. like that, and then to end it with a Europa League final is absolutely extraordinary. But let me just remind you of what happened along that way because. There are several key matches, of course. Everybody remembers uh, Liverpool 5, Norwich City 4, the Broken Glasses, the 23rd of January 2016. <laughs> um, we actually finished in the league, uh, I think it was 8th on 60 points, and Brendan Rodgers had finished on 62 points, two points more the season before. Um, so in a way, in the league, there is a regression, but no one was talking about regression because Klopp had galvanised everything uh, despite the poor start to the season. So, um, yeah, so the, those key games, Liverpool 5, Norwich 4, that was the 23rd of January 2016. And then in March 2016, we had a lovely month because in the Europa League, uh, we beat Man United 2-0 and then we drew with them at uh, Old Trafford 1-1 in the return leg. So we knocked Manchester United out of Europe. That felt good. And that felt like a message. Dave, I'm going to go go back to you. That felt like a message that game to the rest of Europe to say that Liverpool, at least on some level, at least it's only the Europa League, but we can beat Manchester United in the quarterfinal. Liverpool are back in the big game. What did you think, Dave? Well, it's always nice to beat Man United. I mean, I'd like beating them in tiddlywinks. Anything, anything. Just beat them in absolutely anything. <laughs> I remember that game well. Was that the famous Shakiri goal where it sort of took a deflection and it bounced up? Uh, uh, I think that might have been the league game, but I'll oh, that check. I'll game. check. That was the league yeah. game. It was Coutinho, wasn't it? Coutinho got the Coutinho with the chip goal. at Old Trafford. Yeah. That's the one I yeah, remember. Yeah. Chip, I mean, chip, over, chip over to here, yeah. Chip yeah, but I don't. Head. I don't remember the two nil uh, first game actually. Coutinho got the first goal, I think, didn't he? I'll check. I'll check. But I you remember Firmino, Firmino, Firmino got the first goal at Anfield, and then it was a Sturge penalty. I seem Sturge. to remember that. Well done, Doug. Listen, as I, as I said, guys, just beating them, it was great. I mean, I know it was Europa League. It was second tier. It wasn't the Champions League, but still, you know what I mean. Even the League Cup, beating them in the League Cup is good. We we just the rivalry is there with the fans as well, you know. It, it, and and in in a big tournament like that, it, it just you know I I thought we'd win it that year. I know we got beaten in the final against Sevilla and stuff like that. And you can say whatever you want about that. We had chances when we went one one nil up with storage, but we didn't capitalize. But that was a good Sevilla side. We know they'd won two or three in a row. So, but you know, beating United as I said earlier on is is you know what I love I don't know about you guys but it, of all the teams that there ever is the, the, the icing on the cake is to beat United and I think for, for for Klopp it was the big scalp you know over two legs beating United he knew how important it was to the fans you know and that was a huge a huge chip that was a big big thing for him to get past I think I know it was only the Europa League as I say but still 
it was nice, you know, and it, it just gave us that foundation then going forward as then we qualified for the Champions League the following year. So it was all these little things add up, I think. I think they're all, all these little bits, these little nuggets, little, you know, bits of diamond or bits of gold you find in the stream all add up. You put them into your bag at the end of the season and it's all pluses. And that's what Klopp was doing. You know, he was chipping away, getting great results. That three won away at Chelsea, you know, earlier. The, the City demoli demolishing the City, knocking United out of the Champions, or out of the Europa League, sorry. Things like that. Just all reinforces, you know, that Klopp was the right man for the job. To the fans as well, and the owners, obviously. I'm sure they... they had no doubt, but to the fans, you know, there was still a bit, I remember in the first season, there was still a bit of, you know, even the second season, the fact that we lost one or two finals, there was still, uh, maybe he's not the right man for the job type of thing, you know, because he hadn't broken that, uh, the trophy ceiling, but I mean, how wrong were they, but, uh, wow, I mean, I do remember that the, the double, I'm, I'm going on a bit much here, but I do remember that, and as I said, <laughs> nothing's be nothing better than beating United, nothing. Well, that's true. That's true. But it's, you know, it's, but uh, it's the context. It's the context, Dave. And I think there's something, there's a lot to be said for that 15, 16 season in terms of Klopp instilling a mentality in the team, including his treatment of Sacco, that was, you know, now there's a new boss. I'm the boss here and I'm going to mm -hmm. take Liverpool back to where we belong. Just to clear something up in that opening press conference he used the word title but this is actually um a mistake of language because as you know as you know i love languages um you know i'm trying to learn chinese i'm not doing very well i tried to speak chinese in a chinese restaurant yesterday it went very badly but anyway um jürgen klopps used the word title because that's the word in germany for a um a general just any kind of trophy any kind of trophy, they, they call it a title. So he would include the League Cup as a title. So it was misconstrued by the by the public as him promising us the league because that's what he actually said in English. But that was a little mistake. So just to clear that up. But it's just the way the mentality over that season, the, may, the way his mentality was built, we had, I made a mistake as well because I said that was the quarterfinal against Manchester United. It wasn't. That was the second round because in the quarterfinal, of course, we beat Dortmund in that amazing, amazing comeback and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah there were so many forgotten parts of this season and I'd forgotten that you know we we came when we beat Villa, Villarreal in the semi-final we actually came back from being one nil down after the first game and we thumped them at Anfield they didn't have a hope the crowd was up the team was up we were playing zippy dynamic football it was absolutely incredible and like Dave I thought we were going to win the Europa League that season but but it didn't turn turn out and, and by the end of that season Doug I'm just we're going to finish here it's just the last thing I just want you to just tell tell the listeners how you felt at the end of that season because I was gutted having lost that final having not you know finished on, on 60 points so not in Europe the season after I was gutted about that but I was so proud and I was so excited and I couldn't wait to see Liverpool again because even when we lost, it was somehow epic. How did you feel after that after that Europa League final on the 18th of May, 2016? I mean, it was it was sort of some run to get to the final, wasn't it? I mean, that, I mean, that Dortmund game is just what like if if, if you're gonna if you're gonna put that at like the top ten of Klopp's games, that would be right up there. That that. Home game was just incredible. It's roller coaster um, stuff, and I remember the Villarreal game very, very well. Roberto Firmino 
uh, doing a wee nutmeg uh, through Roberto Soldado's uh, Soldado's legs. That was um, that was quite memorable as well. But yeah, I felt gutted, but I felt there was a lot of optimism going into the next season um, after that because Klopp had given us a, a new dimension, um, and you know what. He, he actually made us believe again, like that, like that. Getting to you know two finals, yes, he might not have won them, but just getting to two finals, you you just get the sense that it was that there was a there was a couple of games in in that we that we run. I mean, the, obviously, you know, the Dortmund and Villarreal games were were fantastic, and yes, it was disappointing to lose to you know a very good Sevilla team um, as well, but. I always felt after that season that there was always a bit of optimism going into the next against season um, because Klopp had arrived and you know what to get to two finals wasn't wasn't a bad wasn't a bad season and um, obviously we'll we'll we'll, we'll, go, we'll touch on obviously the you know the next again season but I I had a feeling of optimism that something special was going to happen eventually. Excellent. Excellent. And we'll leave the episode there. It will be continued. We will continue this, uh, hopefully, with uh, maybe one of my guests, if they're up for that, in the near future, because we're going to look back on on Klopp. And also, we're going to do a Mo Salah special. Didn't even have to have the chance to start that today. But I want to really thank Douglas. That's Doug from the Dugout Football Channel. Check that out. Please do on YouTube. Dave's LFC Chats, the legends both. Thank you so much, Dave and Doug. It's been a real pleasure reminiscing with you. Absolutely. Yeah, no problem. 